Stay on. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Cut. I am your host, Christian Williams, and I am here, as always, with Randy Hall. Randy, how are you, man? Doing pretty good, man. I had an earlier day of work, which I pretty much just work nights right now, so a lot easier transition instead of just coming right home and doing this, so yeah. a little bit more energy. <laughs> well, I'm glad you have some energy. I just came off of yeah. a big, long work conference, so if you guys uh, follow me on Twitter, then you know that I've been pretty absent from Twitter, except to get into fights with, you know, big name people who uh, were, were fixing it, but, you know... Um, did you get into fights, or did the fights get reached out to you? Yeah, well, we'll talk about it off air. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a good work conference, though, but I am exhausted. So we're probably going to have a quick show, but it's an exciting one because we're talking through the Senior Bowl, uh, some risers and fallers, and then we're also going to do an updated Dynasty Superflex rookie mock draft. So heavy on the Superflex, and we'll, we'll talk about why when we get there, of course. Um we always do super flex. So I don't know why I uh, decipher that, but yeah. Um, housekeeping things. I said that I was going to write a mock and then I didn't finish it. So the mock is going to come out Monday. Uh, I've been trying to do one each month. I know I tweeted out that it would be out. Um, so I'm sorry. It is late. Uh, however, it is in the works. I'm, I'm tweaking a lot of things now. So uh, outside of that, make sure you check out the website, thecutffb.com. Adam. Just wrote a uh, Bailey Zappi article recently, so go check that out. I know Brandon's been working on some Browns-related content, so check out thecutffb.com. All right, let's get into the Senior Bowl. So um, first things first, uh, we'll talk about the game first, and then we'll kind of go through the week as a whole. So, Randy, did you happen to watch the entire game? I watched... The first three quarters, roughly, and then some of the fourth. Um, so okay. I basically didn't get to watch Carson Strong for the most part. Yeah, uh, yeah he only had one drive in the first half, right? He he did have yeah. one. Uh, I, I barely remember it, to be honest with you. <laughs> I think he fumbled the snap, and then it was kind of over uh, right after that. But, okay, yeah, Carson Strong, um, he played – he had his best drive in the fourth quarter, so – uh, Ritter too. Ritter had a nice drive in the fourth quarter, but what were your takeaways from the the points that you watched from the game itself? Um, the tackles uh, on the offense were outmatched. It looked like a lot of times, uh, at least in pass pro. I guess I'll say that. And I don't think that necessarily speaks to fully the the tackles at the Senior Bowl, but more the edge and detackle talent at the senior bowl, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit, but I think there was like, I think I could build one good line from the senior bowl between both teams, like NFL starting line. 
and they were split up obviously and then rotated in and out so it's it's hard to really have great things there but it's it's a very vanilla game it's it's meant to be there's no blitzing there's no uh, you have to be in cover two three or four on defense so there's not there's no motion on offense so it's a little bit dumbed down but it gives a lot of people different uh, areas to work with and you're really learning new systems in three days for the most part so it's understandable but for me i think game wise standouts uh rashad white had a good game on the ground um i think i think robinson on the other side i'm not sure if it's the other side but he looked okay uh, i think he looked kind of the same as he did all year at bama just without holes like wide open holes like he had at bama and then receiver wise i think we had a few good ones i would say watson was solid uh calvin austin was solid and there wasn't like much else that i was like overly happy with necessarily uh maybe uh, we'll, we'll get into a couple more risers later but i think quarterback wise the biggest wins for the day Pickett on his one drive going nine for nine and scored a touchdown. That's his only win of the entire week. Uh, <laughs> and arguably it wasn't even impressive. It's it was, but it was better than everyone else. Playing zero. Argu- yeah. Yeah. As an Probably. efficient quarterback. Yeah. Throwing the ball. Being, yeah. You're right. I mean, uh, it was gross. Malik but... Willis looked great running the ball. He did. I. Uh, believe I saw one completed catch I could remember and the receiver had to stop and dive for it. Yeah. Just saying there. And then um, I think Ritter looked the most comfortable out of every quarterback, which is ironic because he's very consistent all week. So. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> yeah. With Ritter, I, I think too, he started to, so day one, you could tell he was lost. He was uncomfortable Day two, he started to get a little better. Still a bad, overall a pretty bad day. Third day of practice, he looked fairly okay. Uh, I think he made the best throws of his the quarterbacks on his team that day. Um, and then in the game, I, I thought he was the most impressive. Simply, you know, I didn't get to catch all of the first half. So I know that he struggled with a snap as well, I believe. And um, yeah. that's something that these guys don't do. You know, that that's the one thing that they're learning on the fly during senior bowl week. And it's really good that they're getting these extra reps over maybe some of those quarterbacks that didn't. And you think of that as like a small thing, but it's pretty crucial in the NFL. Like they're not always going to be in gun like they may have been yeah. in college. So, uh, but the way I, he was able to run that play action rollout stuff, like that was impressive to me. Yeah, that was ideal. Cause a lot of systems in the NFL use it. I will say it wasn't, he wasn't impressive. Like it's just, he was more consistent than every other quarterback, it felt like. And I will say, in Malik Willis's defense, even a couple throws he had or a couple good runs or a couple good runs by his uh, running back, they had a lot of penalties while he had the ball. And there was a lot of offensive penalties, especially by the linemen, uh, just in this game in general. So it kind of got a little bit difficult to watch at certain points. But I think his stat line would look a little bit more impressive if that wasn't the case, but however, uh, I believe when he stopped, he had like 20 yards passing and like 90 rushing. <laughs> uh, I think it was it, like 50, 50 rushing. And maybe it was, it was like 90 total 50, yards. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. 
That's probably uh, it, so. It, like he had command, and again, I we preface this beforehand uh, before, with the preview show that I said this would be the best talent he's played with. Let's see what he can do with it. I'd mm-hmm. say arguably, if you're going with how everyone's coming after this uh, senior bowl, he played well with better talent. So that's only going to get better at the next level. He clearly has a lot of room to grow. There's no question there, but he comes out of this as a good amount of people's QB ones, uh, which I think spells more the QB class where no one's ahead. <laughs> so we need new things to show um, who who stands out. <laughs> yeah. Malik Willis, you know, we'll dive into it a lot during the quarterback episode. Yes. Um, so I don't want to get too deep in the weeds here, but even the, the days that he was impressive, he struggled. Uh, and, and I mean, he struggled at things that you might not see it when you first watch it. Like if you, if you had a sideline view, you wouldn't see it at all. But with the practice film that we were able to get, he, they were in the red zone and he was, his eyes are just so, so bad. And, and they still were all week in practice. It's just, he's the flashiest. He has the most upside and he kind of showed that all week. And that was a good thing. Like, I'm really happy that he improved his stock. But a lot of where he improved his stock is running the football. And yeah, it, w- we can talk about what the landscape of the NFL quarterback is because I know it's fueled by a lot of ath- athletes at quarterback, but all of the really good ones are also advanced passers. You know, I've, I even threw out that his situation is similar to Josh Allen in that they were <laughs> extremely inaccurate. Uh, they just are athletes, good athletes, and they have cannons. But that's not the comp because if he is Josh Allen as a prospect, it, I mean, certain people could see the upside and it, it hit, but it hit because Josh Allen is Josh Allen. There isn't going to be another Josh Allen. There, yeah. there could be someone close, but he, again, go ahead. He, the comp's going to be weird when we get to that part. Because, and I think that's it for a lot of these quarterbacks as well. Uh, there's not a right off the top of my head. There's a couple people that people have been liked to, you know, the, the most obvious and common one of Sam Howell to Baker, but that's not direct or it's fully full. accurate. It, yeah, it's, I it's still not think far it's off, but right. you know, I think everyone's a little bit in between, and the ceiling comps are going to be awkward because the ceilings for these guys aren't those guys. <laughs> so you kind of, you, you kind of want to dumb it down to make it more realistic of a ceiling comp, but it probably won't, unfortunately, but Malik is not as dynamic of a runner as a guy like Lamar, but he's less accurate than Lamar. Yeah. But, but he's I would also say he has got a stronger arm. Probably. I was going to say, I would say he probably has a more talented arm. Mm-hmm. But Lamar can heave it too, so it's kind of close. I know. But Lamar was very, very inaccurate coming out, and Willis is worse coming out. Now, again, he had worse talent, again. But even with clean pockets, there's problems. Uh, The biggest thing for me I saw all week in practices is he struggles tremendously throwing to the outside hashes, just accuracy-wise, struggles tremendously. And even in the game, we saw the one catch I talked about, he tried to throw it outside the receiver to stop on the hash pretty much and And lean back back to it. Yeah, it was was rough. Now, I will say 
when we say that, uh, we're not saying that he doesn't have the arm strength to do mm-hmm. it because he definitely absolutely does. But he's yeah. such a mechanically flawed quarterback that he gets outside of himself when he tries to push to those areas of the field. Now he does it at times, and so those flashes are the ones that you see on Twitter a lot. Um, but we're we're hoping to kind of give give you the full scope of what these quarterbacks are, and we'll be doing that that I believe next week, right, Randy? Is that correct? Two weeks. Two weeks. Okay. So we've got some time. I don't want to get too deep into the quarterbacks. No. The one the one takeaway from the game that I wanted to mention, uh, Perry and Winfrey, and we'll talk about them as a riser too. So I won't get too deep into this, but just disruptive. Just transition it. Yeah, Let's yeah. Go right so, into risers. yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll start with risers. So Perry and Winfrey is the first one that I want to talk about because when I watched Perry and Winfrey heading into the Senior Bowl, I saw a very inconsistent player that played probably out of position at Oklahoma. Uh, they had him at one tech a lot, uh, and and he's not a one tech. He's he's got a strange build in that like he looks kind of like an edge rusher. Um, he, he's not heavy enough to be a one tech, that's for sure. And that's what Oklahoma needed him to do in their defense. But when he got to the senior bowl, he got to play some two tech, three tech. Uh, and it, I mean, it, as disruptive as anyone. Now there is another defensive tackle that I think was equally disruptive throughout the practice week. But Winfrey in this game specifically was just, he looked like a player that could dominate from the interior of the defensive line for many, many years. I think I saw him as like a round three ish player. I know that might've been low compared to others. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he went uh, top, uh, top 50. I, I, I wouldn't say that he's a first rounder now cause he still has some flaws, but, yeah. um, but I think he improved his stock tremendously. I, I'm only, I've only watched one full game of his and then I watched obviously all the senior bowl stuff. So I'm, Honestly, gonna th- almost throw out that game, and I'm gonna keep it on there because I have some like preliminary stuff on there. But the next two games I watch, I'm gonna look at it as in the position he should be playing and the technique for that, and see how it fits. I still think because of that, for me, it's gonna feel like a reach at different times. So he won't go that high. I agree, but I think he may be sneaking in to the second round as well. So. Yeah. And, and ultimately like he may have gone there already just out of sheer athleticism, but um, possibly, but we, I mean, me and you both had Barmore incredibly high last year. And I think we both stick by that, especially with some of the play we saw this year, even with his rawness and kind of playing multiple positions for Bama. Uh, and he went farther than we would have liked clearly. And a couple of people did. And I think we, come out pretty good on that but you know it's the same kind of thing where barmore was by far the most athletic d tackle last year and he fell because of flaws and possibly not knowing where he would be playing full time so yeah yeah that's true um another defensive tackle that i feel as though we need to talk about i'm sorry did you want to transition to someone else who are you transitioning to so i'm not taking over so Travis Jones is the okay, guy, yeah. the, the UConn. Okay. So the UConn defensive tackle that was really on very limited amount of people's radars uh, heading into the senior bowl, because who wants to watch UConn play football? No one, literally no one, not even UConn fans, not even UConn players want to watch their own film. Um, but Travis Jones put on a freaking show all week. He was dominant. He was explosive. He was powerful. Uh, he had really strong hands, especially in those one-on-ones. And it's interesting because 
that gets hidden in his tape because at UConn, when he's the only good player, he was getting double and triple teamed all the time. And so Travis Jones kind of showing what he can do when there's not the ability to triple team an interior defensive lineman, that's that's significant. I talked about how I think he's probably locked into day two now because I don't feel like this uh, interior defensive line class is great. I actually don't really like it at all. I, I think it's a very weak position group. So um, we needed the guys like Winfrey and Jones to kind of become risers. And I think yeah. that this may have pushed them from day three to day two, which is what they want to do. Yeah, I think both are safely day two now. Uh, I was actually just going to combine two guys here to go over them quickly. Zion Johnson and Jermaine Johnson, the second, uh, not related, I believe. Um, Correct. But both guys that we've we talked about in our first mock draft, Christian did take Zion Johnson, I believe, and I debated taking Jermaine. Um, I think both guys were fringe first-round talents and now are safely locked into the first round, if not top 20 after their performance here, especially Jermaine Johnson, who a lot of people probably had him second round. He is safely in the first right now, guys. Like, he is beloved <laughs> uh, because he showed, you know, even transitioning from Georgia to now Florida State last year and being the guy there uh, where Georgia, I think he left because he didn't think he'd get as much reps. And that's fair because that Georgia D-line was ridiculous. But imagining him there as well, oh my God. Uh, they win the national title again. That's how that works. <laughs> um, but yeah. he dominated. Plain and simple, he is very. He for me, I think he steps in day one as a starter. That's I think the biggest thing for him is there was question marks if he's your starter, if he's rotational. No, I think he's your starter. <laughs> he's pro ready as hell, and he proved it here. And again, I, I'll preface: I did say pass rush wise, these tackles here weren't equipped to handle this kind of rush. Uh, but he still just absolutely took over. And Zion Johnson was the, I would say, the best lineman at the Senior Bowl, in my opinion. He definitely wasn't the most aggressive, as some yeah. people like to go for, but he was the most consistent, and he dominated multiple areas. He could play multiple positions. I think he's, I, I think he's a lock to be a first-round pick right now for me. Yeah, I mean, the the benefit that he had over a guy like Kenyon Green, who I still have as my uh, first in, uh, guard yes, on my, my big board, um, but the, the benefit to being at the Senior Bowl was he showed teams that if you need me to snap, I can snap, and not everyone does that. Quinn Miners did that last year, and that helped improve his stock tremendously. Zion was a more refined prospect than even Quinn Miners was, out of oh, yeah. UW Whitewater, is that right? Yes, that yeah. sounds right. Um, but but now teams saw what Zion could do, and I will say, you know, in the one on ones, he lost some reps at center. It's his yeah. first time playing it. You know him. I, also, I tweeted out that. <laughs> go ahead. I was gonna say quickly, one on ones for centers is so. It's one of the most difficult it's things. Yeah, it's, it's, you're set up to lose. Yeah, it's yeah. Offensive line and a lot of those drills are usually set up to lose. Uh, yeah. That's why offensive linemen, although they love to hit, the shoots suck <laughs> if you ever yeah. gone through the shoots. Uh, so, uh, I, you know, even those reps, I thought I saw promising things, especially for a secondary position. But, yeah, yeah. sorry. I just I, 
No, you're fine. I just wanted to say that, you know, we talked about Travis Jones already. The Zion Johnson versus Travis Jones matchup all week was just fantastic content. I could have watched it over and over and over. And I did watch it over and over and over. It was it was great. Um, but yeah, Zion did well. The one thing with Jermaine Johnson, I still think that there are are questions. And my questions mostly revolve around how bendy is he? If he actually goes up against a, a very lengthy strong tackle in the NFL, is he going to get shut out of a game? Does it matter? No, I, I, I don't know. You know. I would argue, firstly, that he has enough win rate with uh, with different moves to at least push the pocket in. And then That's I would right. also argue Carl Loftus, <laughs> who is more of a statue than Jermaine, I would say, but more physically gifted than Jermaine. So... Yeah, Plus I think minus, he's, and he is, he's arguably a top 10 pick. Yeah, I, I mean, I view him as such. I, I love Karloftis' game. I love I him too. To... I'm just saying he's kind of stiff. Like, he's not yeah. Miles Garrett. He's, his ankle oh. doesn't bend on its own, like, to clap <laughs> itself. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. Now, with Jermaine too, I mean, I think what he showed was uh, – and and. I don't actually, he didn't play in the, he, so I tweeted out, that's what I was going to say. So he, I, after his first two days, someone asked me what defensive players are standing out. And I said, uh, Jermaine Johnson, especially should just opt out of tomorrow's practice. You shouldn't practice. He did. He, he was done. You and I listened to basically when I work, I just listen to podcasts cause I don't listen to him the rest of the time during the week and like Sycamore, uh, Solak, Connor Rogers, everyone, Everyone I'm catching up, they're like, he should just not even go play the game or do mm-hmm. day three of practice. And then, whoop, there it is. <laughs> yeah. I was like, holy was smart. shit. I saw it on Twitter, too. And I was like, what? This, he's got to be reading. What the hell? <laughs> well, yeah. The thing about the Senior Bowl. So if you guys are, you know, degenerates like we are and love the draft and you start seeing things about players and tweeting out things about players during Senior Bowl week, be careful. Uh, I had some family members liking my tweets and and they they'll search their names so just i I do want to toss out some caution try not to trash players too harshly you can you know critique them but try to be nice on there because they're seeing it and and they're humans um and i learned that the hard way last year so uh just some some wise words uh let's transition to oh Let's go to the well, the linebackers. Or I, I guess... was going to say you want to go. I I didn't know how you wanted to classify uh, uh, Mafe. That's why I was yeah. like, you want to go over him quick or? Yeah. So so Boye Mafe. I was actually going to talk about him when we talked about the game as well because he was extremely just disruptive in the game. But the reason I didn't bring him up is because it was all week too. I mean, it, he showed elite elite burst. Uh, his first step maybe. I don't think it's the quickest in the class because this class is stupid good. Stupid, stupid good. Uh, but Mafe has always had a really quick step. He's a little undersized, I think. I think he's limited to probably just uh, a situational pass rusher to start because I think that's where his strengths lie, and I don't know that he provides enough in run support to get on the field for three downs. But, the, I mean, this week was was fantastic for him. He was winning every one-on-one rep because he's just way – faster and more athletic than a lot of those guys 
Yep, plain and simple. <laughs> yeah. He 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 made himself some money. Yeah, lot lots of it. Um so yeah, I was gonna transition over to the linebackers, then we'll come back around for the offense. So if you guys are yep. here because of fantasy football, we'll we'll get to it, I promise. Um so the number one guy, I studied this guy uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's not Troy Anderson. It's Chad Muma. Uh, Chad Muma is one of my favorite players in this draft. Now he's not obviously even a top 20 player for me. I don't, I don't believe it. I don't have this stuff pulled up. I don't think he is. Uh, but what he is is a very, very high football intelligence player. Uh, very good at understanding gaps where he needs to fill. His vision is elite, uh, very good wrap-up tackler. And he sh- the reason I say all of that is because then he showed out in coverage in the, in the one-on-one reps throughout the week, and then he was all over the place in the game. Uh, Chad Muma made himself some money in a linebacker class that is a little uninspiring to me as well outside of the top couple. Uh, I think Muma is going to go in round two and a team's going to be really happy with that. Same. Uh, I think he now arguably for me, he's either going to be linebacker three or four. I'm not quite sure right now, but um, there's clearly top two in Lloyd and uh, Dean, in my opinion, however you want to rank them. I know everyone's same with the corners, little arguments there, but uh, man, he, he plays inspired football and he dominates. He flashes on tape, playing simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and I, you know, I hate it because I, when I was watching him, I was thinking back to when we watched Leighton Vander Esch coming into that class, and I'm not saying that he's that because I don't think he's quite as athletic, uh, and I also don't think he's as large as Leighton Vander Esch because that's a that's a big boy. Uh, however, I think he's a little more advanced in coverage already. He's, it's a small school type of thing out in Wyoming and just a smart football player. That matters. Guys. You know, we talk a lot about athleticism and speed and those things matter 100%. But also smart football players are able to get on the field because they do the right things and they know how to mitigate uh, the areas where maybe they do lack in athleticism because they're so smart they get there before the other player. You know, it's uh, – yeah. Teams are looking for guys like Chad Muma. Yeah, and he's a good mixture of <clears throat> like the the lane fillers, like we said, as well as the coverage guy. Uh, again, we're not locked in on any uh, comparisons, but I see a lot of like Matt Milano in his game, where it's not like this freak athleticism, but he pl- he knows everything, he plays well, so he has the right angles to cover a lot of people. He's not the fastest, so we can't cover everyone, obviously, but you know there. There's a lot there to like, and that's a guy that's going to be, as long as he wants, a linebacker for the next decade. Starting linebacker, yeah. I should admit. Yeah, but provided he doesn't get injured, like, like LVE. Yeah. <laughs> you know. All right, uh, and the other linebacker that we have on here is Troy Anderson, the kid out of Montana State. Um, just an incredible, incredible week of practice. He, again... Coverage matters more now than ever. Obviously, we know what the NFL is. Uh, and Troy Anderson was a lockdown linebacker uh, in a lot of those coverage drills. And, and it was really impressive. I don't remember him flashing during the game. Uh, 
But, you know, the week of practice is a lot more important than the game, if, if you think about it, because they're rotating in, they can't really get a rhythm. And Anderson was phenomenal. There were people raving about his play every day. I was one of them. I didn't tweet it out, but I was impressed. Um, I still haven't fully graded him or studied him or anything like that, but uh, good player, increased stock for sure. Yep. Cool. No, nothing else to add for him. Just a good week. Just <clears throat> nothing out of nothing like that pops necessarily, but nothing that hurts him ever. Right. And coming from Montana State, just getting some exposure, you know, that maybe yeah. not everyone had watched him. Um, and, and I, I would say for linebackers, the game is incredibly hard to stand out, especially if you're if you have those blitz packages that you're really good at, or you know, because it's easy to just say, well, just because you can't blitz doesn't mean you can't be effective. That's true, but you're kind of limiting a linebacker play a lot. Yep. Yeah, it's it's tough, but. Um... That, and that's why it's so impressive that Muma did. He almost had an interception in this game. Like it was, yeah. <laughs> almost the, the, I honestly don't know how he did. <laughs> I know. All right. Uh, then the last defensive player that we'll talk about is Jalen Petrie, uh, the Baylor safety. Talked about him a little bit. I would want to say maybe last yeah. show because we put him in the Lions mock draft. I believe Lions. Yeah. yeah. Um, Petrie is a guy that. He really, really showed out as a, a guy that can be versatile. He can match up one-on-one in coverage. He can play over the top. And we saw a lot of that. He was voted the best uh, safety by the, the opposing offense or the, his teammates on offense um, for his week of practice. Just a guy that uh, I know Connor Rogers has been really high on him from Bleacher Report and PFF. Um I, again, I don't have a final grade on him, but I expect that he'll be within my top five safeties, and, and we'll talk about that down the yeah, road. We've got some time I'm on sure, that. I'm sure of that. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I will say that the top end of the safety class is good, but there's talk that Petrie might land at the back of the first now, which I don't think I see happening. Uh, I think early second maybe mid second even yeah he's versatile though it's and i only really say that because of how again not deep into him yet but how good of he how good he was in one-on-ones and man coverage during this week of practice it was it was very impressive for his safety yeah did he have an interception in the game or was that his teammate i think it was his teammate i do not remember yeah and i mean his teammate at baylor because there is another Guy, I forget. His yeah, name. yeah, I'm sorry. A lot of players, a lot of players there. Um, <laughs> okay, like two rosters full. Yeah, it's a lot of players. Uh, all right. Uh, we talked about Malik Willis as a riser, but do want to highlight that he had a really good week of practice. There were there were times where all those flaws were still showing. Now, I will say, really good comparatively to his peers uh, is probably a better way to put it. But that matters for his draft stock. Like Randy said, there are a lot of people that now have him at, at QB one going top 10 in the NFL draft. A lot of NFL insiders are saying he is a lock to go top 10. I don't agree with that. I think that's a terrible decision just based on <laughs> how risky it is, but I respect anyone willing to take that risk on the kid. Cause he, he took coaching. Well, I think that mattered as well. Yeah. He seems like a good kid plain and simple, but uh, I think it says, 
it says everything about the quarterbacks, and these are most of them <laughs> that that came to the Senior Bowl when Matt Corral couldn't come to the Senior Bowl and is now viewed as probably the one, if not the two, for the class because he didn't look bad here. <laughs> so by not showing up, he was locked into his position by a lot of people. I think that says everything. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I have problems with that too. You know, I, so I've, here's my view on that though. My view is that one week of senior, an all-star game practice shouldn't change an entire like viewpoint on a player. Like it should make you revisit that player maybe, but the the larger scheme is that it's a, a week of practice. We're seeing how they interact with teammates uh, and seeing how they acclimate to new situations. That's all good, but man, it's, it's on air. I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. But again, it's this class where there is no lead dog and there's not a yeah. lot separating these guys, especially when you're talking about potential and with a guy like Corral, you get, the rushing upside, but you have an accurate arm that can make all the most throws. Most throws. I'll <laughs> most, say most of the time. Yeah. I'll say most he's not a perfect prospect, prospect, obviously, but he's kind of like the, if you don't want to take the risk on the ultra athletic guy that has struggle throwing the ball, you take him and you get kind of the best of both worlds. And then it's like the step down to, I would say, a similar tier of Hal and Pickett, where it's basically the same with Hal, probably a little bit ahead in that regard of the Konami code style. <laughs> and then it just yeah. progressively gets worse. <laughs> yeah. It's, I can't wait to talk about quarterbacks when we get there. There's we'll a get lot there. I want to dive into. Wide receivers, so, well, those are fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two, two wide receivers, especially, or three wide receivers, three, especially three. stood out. Yeah. Uh, a couple, one of them is going to make our, our mock draft as well, I believe. Uh, first one that we're going to talk about, though, Christian Watson. There was a tweet today. I want to reference it. I believe it was Jared Wackerly. Um, he asked, who would you prefer, George Pickens or Christian Watson? And the reason I wanted to bring that up is because oh, two weeks ago, that's not a question that you ask. And now that poll is obviously still heavily in favor of George Pickens, which I think it should be George Pickens different level when healthy, you know, than, than the FCS guy. But uh, the reason that that question can be asked is because Christian Watson had such a phenomenal week. I tweeted out a clip of him, his release. He just, he's a six, four dude. And his release was, I'm going to, take one step in. I'm going to sink my hips, shook the corner out of his shoes. I believe the corner is a guy we're about to talk about in the fallers, um, but it doesn't matter. It was impressive for a six, four dude to be moving like that. Hell of an athlete made a really, really nice catch on a picket throw on that first drive yep. uh, where he had to come back and dive for it. It was a really, really good week. And now people are talking about that. Someone Brett Coleman tweeted out, um, that he th views him as a first rounder and that's really rich for me, but, uh, I get it, you know, like size speed he, combo. If the size is a good thing yeah, because this isn't like a bunch of small receivers, but it's not like everyone's six, four. Right. Um, 
but he's going to be clearly behind the group. There's a tier above him uh, yeah. in the first round that probably a couple, a couple aren't even going to go in the first round. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm there too. You know, I don't, I didn't move Christian Watson up a whole lot. No, I did. I did. You know, I did bump him because that release was something I had questions about on his uh, North Dakota state tape. And so yeah, which is- seeing it against, I mean, that, the, the strange thing about Watson is they used him on they, they used him in a Traylon Burks role where like he could take some pop passes and reverses and stuff, which is good. I did like to see the athleticism against other athletes. However, it's practice. We have to remember like he I don't know what kind of athlete he actually will be when we get to the combine. So that that may determine how people feel about him. He's a good player though and had a really good week. Yeah, I think he's Fully stepped into day two, without question. And oh, yeah. I would argue the, the other two receivers as well. Close, yes. at least. So the one, we'll, we'll talk about Khalil Shakir first. So, oh, uh, we have to the, talk about the other one third? Hmm. Strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, third. Uh, <laughs> and he gets the short end of the stick. Um, <laughs> you guys will get that in a few minutes, I promise. Uh, so Khalil had... An up and down week, I would say, but overall the the body of work that he put together versus what the other receivers at the senior bowl put together definitely helped him. Uh, Shakir runs really good routes. That was the number one thing that stood out on film. When I watch him, I get shades of Deontay Johnson and I know it's a small school comp and it sucks. And I know Randy's going to hate me for that. But when you think about what Deontay was in college and then you go watch Khalil play at Boise State, you think, man, like that's a role that I could see Khalil playing in. He had a lot of a lot of really good I wouldn't even say his releases are really good. I would say his footwork at the top of his, his routes are getting him separation. And that's what Deontay does. I know. Just yell at me. Do whatever you want. No, no full judgments yet. Uh yes. <laughs> but I reserve the right to yell at you in the future. I think that's fair. On, uh, on especially with uh the pre-notion of Deontay and the love there. Uh, I know. And just love of Toledo uh, athletic people. <laughs> yeah, I get it. But but he had it. I mean, like I said, up and down week, there were times where press bothered him because uh, he, he has a smaller frame and he came in smaller than he was even listed at. But I think he'll be able to overcome it. Uh, I think. Yeah. That's the thing. He, he had a, like you said, up and down week. And I think his was more reminiscent of the quarterback play of up and down than the others, in my opinion. Like a lot of the times I just saw just pet throws to him, (laughs) which just sucks. You know, just a receiver, you're just, even if you're open and that shit happens, it just really sucks, but a good week in my opinion. So I I think he moves up. He was the one that came back for the Malik ball. Wasn't he? That had to adjust. I believe so, but it could have been Austin. Yeah, it, it may have been. So the third guy that we'll talk about is Calvin Austin, the third uh, the tiny little guy. Um, he's 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 just a very small human. He's five seven one seventy three. I am bigger than Calvin Austin. So uh, Randy is bigger than Calvin Austin. So we need to consider that at the very least. We need to, to think about that. However, it do you think that size is going to matter at the next level, Randy? No. Um, I think it will in some aspects, but 
I don't see fear going across the middle. And even if it becomes a thing where he doesn't want to take the big hit, uh, he can get you eight to ten yards and just fall down. Uh, I mean, he could do the old Jarvis uh, <laughs> or the Tyler Boyd where they just catch it and forget it. Uh, but yeah. he is open. I think that's the biggest thing you can say with Calvin Austin. He's open. <laughs> it's plain and simple. Uh, if you if you need a first down, he's open. He's got, you know, a lot of people are just going to love him. I mean, he's going to be kind of pigeonholed to the slot, which is fair, but he's going to dominate in that aspect. I think he will earn a role uh, about midseason with the team. Uh, just because of just just being open and dominating in practice. His evaluation is going to be the hardest one I have to do. Because um, <laughs> yeah. I, I had what I thought was a finished, a mostly finished grade on him. You know, like I little tweaks here and there. Dude, his release, I mean, if you don't get your hands on him, it's six. And, and yeah. I don't, I don't want to make the con like I've said this a few times now. I don't want to compare him to Tyreek Hill, but goddamn, does don't. he? We I, don't use, we don't use that. <laughs> I know, I know. So, but here's a legit question: A year from now, could we look back and say Rondale Moore? We thought Rondale Moore was going to be this player, but Calvin Austin actually is this player. This undersized dude. Quick twitch, good route runner, always open, has a ceiling that's similar to that player on the Chiefs. Who is There's Chief. other people that do this stuff. It's just he's the most recent and the best. I know. <laughs> I know. But also, he's he's smaller than Tyreek by a, a good couple inches. Yeah, yeah. Him. So he, it's worth nothing. I mean, I think he's going to be uh, maybe a realized potential of like Tavon Austin without like the gadget necessarily like in the backfield gadget stuff. Yeah. Uh, but he, again, my, it's a little bit of a pigeonhole for me with receivers because I love the jump up and grab it guys. Cause those, those Moss highlight plays are so much fun, but my favorite people are going to be the ones that just get open plain simple, no matter what. That's why Judy was my favorite that year. That's why Olave is probably going to be a first-round receiver. Garrett Wilson's definitely a first-round receiver. That's yeah. uh, why I love Renfro coming out. That's why I love Deontay. You know, it's it's it, if you get open, it doesn't matter who you played against. It doesn't matter who your quarterback is. If you're open, you're getting the ball. Plain and simple. Yeah, and and spoiler alert, uh, NFL quarterbacks also like that. They like yeah. seeing open guys, and he, that's he gets open. And I think that that fear across the middle is legit. The only thing that held Rondale Moore back this year from being that type yeah. of player. Uh, I don't if if Calvin never shows that. I mean, we could be looking at one of the the top five to six receivers in this class. I don't have him graded that way, <laughs> so I don't want to put that yeah. out there. But he could be. Yeah, he's. He's very, very good. That's the one thing, you know, everyone struggles transitioning to the next level. But like I said, if you get open, you can learn everything else. Because <laughs> you're still going to produce, which is what we care about in fantasy. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to have to zip through some of these. Uh, yeah. So we're 
it's, before we it's get hard. To the, we don't like talking about followers anyways. We'll go through it quickly. I know. I do <laughs> want to mention, so we have a section here called Good Weeks But No Movement. Randy's idea. Congrats to Randy for that phenomenal idea. Desmond Ritter, we talked about him, how he kind of progressively got better, but it really didn't help his draft stock, I don't think, a whole lot. Um, it, now it may have. Um, he, he's a guy that takes coaching well. He's working with uh, Jordan Palmer is his quarterback coach, which is significant. Like that matters. He's been working with him for two years. His mechanics have cleaned up. However, uh, I don't think he's moving much from what happened at the senior bowl personally. Nope. Agreed. Uh, Other guy, Sam Howell, also a good week, consistent week, Uh, whether it was uh, consistently average is, is a conversation that we might need to have. He had bad throws. He had good throws. What did you see from him? Uh, so for, for Hal, I have it as good week with no movement because I think smart people have him, like in this draft, as a friend's first-round quarterback, probably a second-round graded talent. Uh, right. With his obvious flaws of being uh, – he starred in a, a Pixar movie a long time ago called Happy Feet, and that's all – that's how he plays football is he sits back in the pocket and just bounces. Uh, if you can get yep. that tamed – at all, it's going to be ridiculous because he quelled a lot of the arm talent questions, which is good because they shouldn't have been a question uh, because he's a very talented arm. So, again, no movement for me because it's fucking what I thought. Yeah, it <laughs> was then, everything that we knew, right? And then the other thing is uh, a little bit, and this is what's going to get the Baker comparisons even more rolling, holding on the ball a little bit too long even and or limited sensing of pressure uh which it's caused two good. fumbles yeah so those are his knocks and i think the happy feet and that one is a big knock uh to being a, a dominant quarterback at the next level not just a a top 20 quarterback kind of or you know a starting quarterback i guess you could just say yeah. uh but but how it, he makes every throw he oh God. It's gonna be it's gonna be weird where we finish with his comp for the draft guide because for me right now all I see is somehow in between Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield with nowhere near the upside of Josh Allen currently. <laughs> Arguably not even the upside of Baker in twenty twenty. Like good. I would say that version. upside. I would say that upside. I think his arms. I'm a better. believer in how. I am too. He's but my I one. think situation's gonna be huge. Um, but for me, the footstep, uh, the footwork stuff is sub- is a, you know, it's something it's that can be cleaned up with coaching. Yeah. And same with the pressure sensing. So yeah. everything he's he's accurate most of the time. He has some inaccuracy issues at times, but there's not a quarterback here that didn't. So I think he stays. And then for me, the two tight ends that are just ultra good that were here, <laughs> uh, Isaiah Likely and Trey McBride, they're just fucking good. They didn't move. They're just good. <laughs> yeah. Likely has some some aggressive hands that I, yeah. I questioned a little bit on tape simply because, uh, you know, he didn't really yeah, – I mean, they, they do a really good job scheming in Coastal Carolina. He didn't really have to have aggressive hands. Uh, but he showed them all week. And Trey McBride is tight end one. So that's that's that. That's final. There yeah. are no and arguments. So. I think there there's – I think for me, there's three really good top end tight ends with another one or two that are 
right below in a tier, and most of which were here. So <laughs> I think that just spells a lot there. This tight end class is phenomenal. Uh, final note on Howell, it's not just the bouncing up and down. He also transfers weight in a weird way at yeah. times. We'll talk about that. But I think I think it all stems from that. That's why you know, Agreed. footwork yeah. in general. Yeah, he'll throw off one foot. It's not good. It's not a good thing to do um, unless he's, you know, I don't even know who, just, who does that move. well. Mahomes, I guess. Uh, he's not that. Uh, before we get into all the fallers, which we'll go through quickly, I put not sure. Trevor Penning. Um, so Trevor Penning had a very weird week. Um, he showed a lack of an anchor. He showed uh, good, really good reps where he sets perfectly, but he keeps balance and he moves on onto the inside. And then he also was starting fights uh, like literally every day. And so while that's like, I, I guess you can view that as a good thing to, it's, to some level. It's a level. good thing for trench play. It is. However, I see problems with it. I see penalties with it. And mm-hmm. and I think that he's been he's been a penalized player. He's got over 30-some penalties in his career, which doesn't seem like a lot. But uh, there are also things that the NFL refs are going to see that maybe college refs didn't. Um, I don't know what, what happened to his stock. I don't. Uh, I'll say something. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. When he's in pass blocking, does his outside arm work? No, because I didn't see that on tape. Uh, I've seen it on taping, you know, games, but we got here and it looked like he had that arm tied behind his back somehow. Uh, yeah. it, I don't understand it. I think his pass sets, well, he did have a couple with aggression good writing and just technique like that. I thought I saw a couple of good Stonewall texts, uh, but my God, uh, he had the, the most inconsistent and worst outside shoulder when it comes to pass pro and running. Uh, it, it was terrible, uh, but the aggression and finishing and some run technique, you know, and so when he rubs in pass pro, let's, I mean, he had up and down no matter what, but all of that, showed good and that's what's shown a lot of the times on twitter and on highlight takes and stuff is him dominating those reps and then starting the fights getting in people's faces but if you look through the other ones <laughs> it's why it's not sure because I, for me i think he's a faller but i wasn't confident enough to put him in the list because i think we talked about him confidently as a first round pick this year not necessarily a graded talent that way i think he is maybe a first right now uh most likely a second uh because man here's the thing i think he's a faller in my grading scale and i think he may be a riser in the nfl size uh because i think they're gonna like that toughness and i don't know man his you're right his past sets are, are not very good and i saw that a lot um all week. All right, yeah. fallers. Uh, Carson Strong. We need to bring up the. There's a little rumor going around that Carson Strong didn't um, show maturity throughout the week, and also he didn't play well. Uh, and so when you combine those two things, I think Carson Strong went from maybe the first quarterback off the board simply because of the arm uh, to maybe a round three guy. Maybe he falls behind some of these other guys like Ritter. Yeah, he's day two pick. 
I, yeah. I think we can, even though we love the tape, I think we can pretty much knock off first round, especially with what we've heard from multiple people. Um, as people we, we trust. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a big pass right now as a first round. I think there's really only three quarterbacks in my eyes that I am almost confident I'll have in any mock draft in the first round. Uh, that would be Corral, Willis, and Pickett right now for me. That doesn't mean they're my top three quarterbacks. Uh, just what it's looking like. I agree. I'm struggling with that in the mock drafts, but well, you'll see that next week. Uh, another follower, Dontario Drummond. Um, I, I didn't like his film. So I actually don't think he, I know you wrote this. I didn't really think that he was. He had a bad week. Just play simple. He didn't really have a good season. He had one really good game. Uh, he, he got invited because he was a senior. So <laughs> um, another one, Alec Pierce. So Alec Pierce, it, it was tough for him because he was among, we, we talked about it. Maybe, I don't know. I talked about it at some point. Someone talked about it. Uh, Alec Pierce versus Christian Watson. Those two guys had a chance to stand out and one of them did. And it wasn't yeah. Alec Pierce. Uh, it, you've got to be really good on your releases and your route running when you're that big. And he really wasn't. He dropped a few balls there, and then he just got injured, I think. Yeah, this wasn't a spectacular uh, receiving class of the senior bowl. And he was at best middle of the pack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you put Darian Kennard. Why? Uh, he failed. <laughs> I, I think he could have elevated himself like heavily in this process and most reps I saw, he was just losing plain and simple. And I don't think he played well. That's fair. The reason I question it now, I, I agree. The reason I question it is because I think he did take some reps at guard, which I think teams wanted to see. He wasn't good there, uh, but he, the versatility might be valuable to someone. But versatility as a process, uh, as a project, isn't necessarily versatility that's valued highly. Yeah, I don't remember who said it. Uh, it was I, I really really liked it. There's a it might have been Ryan Roberts from Rise and Draft. Uh, he said there's a difference between a hybrid and a tweener. And if you're a tweener, you're in trouble. If you're a hybrid, yeah. that means you're valuable. I think Canard's probably a tweener. Uh, yeah, I think he was a tackle. And- in college and I don't think he'll be able to play tackle except maybe as like a injury fill in at the next level. And I don't think he's necessarily gifted as a complete guard. Yeah. I don't think so either. He's yeah. He he's a work in progress. I can't wait to talk about him when we get to those episodes. Another guy we'll talk about on those episodes is Bernard Raymond. Bernard Raymond was getting first round hype. He got mock drafted at a site that I will not mention. 14 overall, I believe. I believe. To the Ravens. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, no, no, don't do that, NFL. Don't do it. I, Raymond is, he's only played tackle for two years. Um, and he's shown a lot of good. And he's bulked up and he's shown that he can play the position, but he is such a project. Such a such a project, like day two project, I think. Yeah, he's day two for me. He might sneak in, but I think there's so many defensive players that are going to get drafted and so many receivers that he'll probably easily fall out, especially with, I think, a couple of these guards being vaulted in the first round, rightfully so. Yeah. 
Well, and you think about it, Kenyon Green, we talked about him. He ideally is a guard. He played tackle, and he did it better than Raymond did. So oh, easily. Yeah. Uh, I wrote down Darian Kendrick, maybe. He got like kind of toasted in one-on-ones, yeah. I think, um, which was a problem at Clemson. Not so much a problem in that Georgia defense. but I th- Yeah, but he wasn't the top guy in the Georgia secondary necessarily at all times, I guess I should say. And – it's kind of easier to play corner when the quarterback has two seconds to throw the ball. Uh, And I think he may final grades determining, obviously, but I think he may grade out as a better zone corner than man corner. And one-on-ones are going to expose that. Yeah, for sure. And then the last one, Bailey Zappi, Zappi inconsistent all week. I didn't think he showed very good arm strength. And then in the game, he showed some of the worst pocket awareness I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, it was bad, but, but he's got a great touchdown interception ratio, Christian. Yeah. Well, uh, Zappy is going to grade worse than Ellaby for me for what it's It'll look good. You know, as he's got that zero for zero as the third year quarterback. He's, he's day three guy. I think. Yeah. Um, 100%. All right. Uh, let's move into our dynasty Superflex rookie mock draft. So this is, uh, just going to be two rounds. Have we done one of these yet? I don't believe so. Um, and that's kind of why I wanted it on here. Um, just because there has been some movement and since the senior bowl. So, uh, one obvious one, um, So I think we need to put this out there as a good baseline as we get through some of these, uh, you know, positional shows and we can give a little bit more of a description on our end of where we think they are, but this should be a good starting point and we'll see how this process develops and where these guys move. Yes. I kicked off the first round. I had the first overall pick, and I have done one of these. We did one on the Debbie Royale, and I made this pick, and a lot of people questioned me. It's super flex. I understand. Running backs are valuable. I understand. I don't I don't care a whole lot. Um, I went with Traylon Burks, uh, the wide receiver out of Arkansas. We'll talk about him a lot more as this process wears on, but he's still my top-graded receiver. I know separation is really good, um, and and – I do have questions about Traylon, but I think his upside is just tremendous. He he's your top rated offensive skill position guy, right? Yes. Yeah. So he's the number one pick. That's plain and simple. Uh these quarterbacks aren't good enough to guarantee the top pick. Correct. Uh I followed that up with the best running back in my opinion, uh Breesy Hall, uh from Iowa State. Uh, you know, again, running backs are important. I think if I have the second pick, I'm getting the best talent available at the running back position. A guy, one of the only guys I'd be confident has a three dot role in this draft. There are two of those for me. Confident. But it's also because I think he gets drafted higher. So, all right. Uh, I followed that up with Garrett Wilson. We talked about him earlier. Elite separator, very good at working blind spots, just a very good receiver. Yep. Uh, a lot of really quick, sorry, a lot of people are questioning if he's even better than Chris Olave. He is. Yeah, I think he's he better is. than Olave. He's more diverse than Olave. He has the best body control of any receiver in this class, in my opinion. So easily, I think if you took him as the first wide receiver, I wouldn't argue. So 
Uh, I followed it up with the quote-unquote senior bowl winner, Malik Willis. I think he's being shot up these boards. I think this is accurate because everyone wants the next Lamar. Quick note on that. I think this pick bakes in the risk that he fails. Yes. uh, While also acknowledges the upside if he doesn't. Agreed. I I think if you took him at one, I think it's probably because you couldn't get a trade back and you need a quarterback. Yes, I agree for sure. All right, I followed up Malik with Drake London, the wide receiver out of USC. Uh, Drake London is some people's wide receiver ones. I think you, I, I don't think you can go wrong with any of the top three receivers in this class. I think they're fairly interchangeable and may change on landing spot. Yeah, I I'd be happy with a lot of the wide receivers in this class, but I think London may be the I'm not even going to say that, but he, he's very, very talented. I'm not going to speak out of turn, especially not before that episode. Uh, yes, I followed that up with Matt Corral, the quarterback at Old Miss. Like I said, he was already a top three guy for me, no matter what. Um, I think he, for a lot of people, guaranteed that by not being at the Senior Bowl, which, again, speaks to this quarterback class more than anything. But he's very talented. He gives you the, the full Konami code quarterback. So, uh, And he did it at the SEC level. So it gives him a plus. Yeah. I can't wait to dive into him too. <laughs> uh, I, the 107, I took Isaiah Spiller, the running back out of Texas A&M. That's the other guy that I think I'm pretty yeah. confident can take a three-down role. I think those two are the only two, though, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I, for me, I'm more nervous about landing spots for these running backs. And I think Hall gets drafted earlier, so maybe a more prominent guaranteed role. But Spiller has some talent, plain and simple. I followed that up with arguably the best running back uh, that played in college football this year, uh, at least stat-wise. Kenneth Walker, running back from Michigan State, former uh, Wake Forest. Forest. Demon D. Wake Forest. Uh, I feel bad for every Wake Forest running back after watching that film. I don't know how they even run forward. Um, <laughs> but Walker was explosive as hell. There's questions about his hands. I think they're definitely reasonable. Uh, looking back at his scouting profile, he he caught balls in high school. So whether that means anything or not, I'm not sure. I just know he can, you know, look the ball into his hands. And that means it, I got a power back that isn't really good at one cuts. So worst case, I get a, a lesser version of a guy like Chubb where he can catch the ball but doesn't necessarily do that first team, and he just pounds away. His running style reminds me a little bit of Javante from last year, but I don't like him as much as I did Javante. No, <laughs> sorry, we, we won't like him as any of these guys, but it's just more yeah. the style that I was getting at there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I followed that up with Sam Howell. We just talked about Sam Howell, but uh, ultimately – I'm gonna. I'm just gonna be honest, guys. If you're drafting before the NFL draft, I'm not taking a quarterback in this first round. Uh, I would take Malik Willis at that spot. Um, I know it's super flex, but the chances that you select, say, say Randy took Matt Corral at the six, and Matt Corral ends up being a second round pick somehow, just somehow. I'm not saying it will happen. Yeah. Then you overdrafted him, and while he may still carry value for a little bit, uh, you'd almost have to flip him before you even see what he is, in my opinion, because you don't know what he is. So, uh, my counter argument to the quarterback value of picking them, um, 
in this kind of draft where we're not picking them right now as the 101, 102 kind of quarterbacks, uh, especially when we get to like 9, 10, start of the second round, middle of the second round, uh, when they become a starting quarterback, you will not be able to get them for the ninth pick. Plain and simple. You'll have to do the ninth. You'll have to do a first round pick and more for the most part. Because uh, I wouldn't like I wouldn't trade Baker right now straight up for a random late first round pick. I agree. I agree. So quarterbacks are super valuable. Uh, people will overpay for a quarterback when they're desperate or when they need a, a starting quarterback. When these guys are starting quarterbacks, they'll be worth at least a first round and some. So anytime you can get a quarterback that has a good starting potential late first or the second round, you got him at value. Even if it doesn't play out as value for a year or two. That's fair. That's a good argument. Who'd you pick? Uh, I followed up by a lot of mock drafts first quarterback. Can he pick it? Uh, this is also followed up by the report today that the Panthers are in love with him. But just because it's also draft season, remember, it's also smoke season. So that doesn't mean fucking shit. Uh, but Kenny Pickett is very good. He had a nine for nine drive. Uh, you know, there's some questions about his hand size and everything, but he did play in Pittsburgh. He did play well, <laughs> although in the rain, he also sucked, but so did everyone else at Mobile. So there's a little hit and miss there, but I think he's going to be a starting quarterback this season. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about Pickett when we get there. Uh, I followed up Pickett with Jamison Williams, the wide receiver from Bama. I still think Jamison Williams is going to be the first wide receiver off the board. Whether I would do that or not, I just I wouldn't. <laughs> uh, I think he will. I think the NFL is going to fall in love with his speed. They have the GPS time. They don't need him to run the forty. He can't run the forty, and he no. may not be back until October. But I don't think it matters. So. No testing, limited rookie season. Limited production in college, having a transfer because he couldn't get on the field, and a lot of question marks puts him as not the first receiver off the board for me. I think it will for most NFL teams. Doesn't mean he's not going to be really good at the NFL because he will. Uh, Follow it up with another good receiver. By the way, another good receiver. Speaking of LSU, uh, Chris Olave uh, at twelve. I I think he's going to be a first round receiver. And that means he's going to go first round your rookie drafts, plain and simple. Yeah. Alave is the king of doing everything really, really, really well uh, and just kind of getting overlooked because his teammate is better than him. Um, but so, again, he's always open. Yeah. He's a, he's a separator for sure. All right. Uh, I kicked off the first pick of the second round with Damian Pierce, the running back out of Florida. He also should have been a riser, I think, uh, on our list. Yeah, I was a riser because that was already where he was for me. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, he he was a riser as soon as he uh, was collected. Yeah, yeah, he's he's my four right now, and I think that he is going to be a fantastic professional football player, even if he wasn't a fantastic college football player. Yeah, he's very very good. He had a good week. Um, followed it up with David Bell. Uh, I've talked about it before. He's good at pretty much everything. Uh, it isn't great at anything. Uh, it's not the only person that says it out there. I, I've realized that now after listening to some podcasts. I promise I didn't steal that. Uh, <laughs> but it's, true. Uh, it's just he, the evaluation, man. Yeah, he's he's very good. He's going to be. There's a there's a good chance he could be a first round wide receiver. I think he's easily a top forty pick, at worst top fifty. So he's going to get used. Yeah, 
for sure. And then I followed that up with Trey McBride. We talked about him as not really uh, a mover because his stock was already high. Uh, he, I, I have him as a very similar player to Pat Fryermuth, and I know that feels like a hot take now, but I promise uh, the NFL is going to draft him around that same area. And so um, there's no Kyle Pitts. Trey McBride is not Kyle Pitts, but I think he's a good starting NFL tight end. So I'll take I it. think he is too. I just don't know if he's like a tight end one at the gate, which is why I'm not an advocate for this high for a tight end this year. But, you know, I get it. I do. I think I would have probably waited a little bit, at least I one know. pick. Everyone <laughs> says that, but I like to, you know, I'm getting my guys. He's my I, guy. But again, <laughs> and this is everything's team based. You don't know. Maybe that. Maybe this team really needs a fucking tight end of the future. They had yeah. Gronk. Okay, so <laughs> moving on, I'm going with Jahan Dotson, uh, fourth pick of the second round, wide receiver at Penn State. Another guy likened to be a first round talent, or at least first round selection, I guess I should say. And he gets open with a a great regularity, but he also is that ungodly explosive deep threat so i think he is coveted at the next level and i think he will easily be a team's wide receiver two day one if not the wide receiver one yeah we'll talk about him uh a player i think is better that i selected is sky Moore, <laughs> the wide receiver out of western michigan uh so, you'll hear me talk so much about sky Moore, and i don't i don't really want to harp on about it uh good separator another thing that nfl teams like he's a small guy uh, but we'll talk about that on the wide receivers episode. So. Yeah. Um, I followed that up with Desmond Redder. Um, again, middle of the second round, getting a guy that could eventually be a starting quarterback is a steal, in my opinion. Especially because I think once we get rid, uh, once we get through, uh, you know, Corral, Willis, Hal, Pickett, uh, Redder, and Strong. I just don't give a shit, you know, at the quarterbacks. Yeah, so I agree. if you needed, if you want a chance at a quarterback, I think they're all going to be gone by middle of second round. I think that's perfectly deserving. Uh, just yeah. because again, if he starts, you just got instant plus value. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I followed that up with Carson strong. I still Same like reason. Carson strong. Um, I just, I, I, I'm sad that he had a rough yeah. week. I, I needed him to separate himself. So this is but about the same, right range. same reason. Yeah, if he if sure. he starts, he's going to be good. And you just landed a good starting quarterback in your team, and he's the last quarterback that fucking matters. So yeah. <laughs> following sure. that up with uh, Ray GQ's favorite wide receiver, George Pickens, uh, wide receiver of Georgia, uh, who is very very talented. I think he is. <sighs> Arguably, most people's in the top five receivers, and I think that's pretty rightfully so because he's very talented. Uh, he's coming off a major injury, but he came back quickly and played. However, he basically was more of a jump ball tight end uh, when he came back, and I think that's for good reason because uh, he didn't have all of his explosion at that point. He has good tape. I don't think he's the best receiver in the class, clearly, but I think he is probably a steal here. I think. He has a chance to be a wide receiver one for a team where I it's there's a path for guys like Olave and Dotson, but it's harder. Um, 
And there's like it's definitely hard for a guy like Sky Moore or you know <laughs> Wandale Robinson or different guys. He's an outside guy, and he's got touchdown upside. You know, he could be someone's favorite target. Yeah, I I like Pickens, and I'm gonna turn into the Pickens hater. I already know that. I already am. <laughs> I even though he, he's a good player. Hey, you're um, you're a Lawrence hater as having him your second rated, third rated, second rated person in the draft last year. So. Second, I believe. Uh, I yeah. Guessing. Yeah, I followed that up with Kyron Williams, the running back out of Notre Dame. He's currently my RB5. I know that's low to some people. I saw others are putting him in their top three, and I can't get there. Uh, Small little guy. Need him to put on some weight. Don't know if he can. Uh, If he doesn't, I don't know if he's got a workhorse role waiting for him. And also, you know, like I think back to Michael Carter last year, though. That's what he is. And at the back of the second, that's good. That's good value. Just like Michael Carter, there's a pathway to having uh, a three-down workhorse role, as in, like, Eckler Camara, where their workhorse is, like, 55 50%, uh, but they're explosive third-down dominant receiving backs with good in-between-the-tackles running and some touchdown upside. So that's that's his bright side. I don't think he gets there. At least in the first year or two, I think there's some upside. Uh, but again, he needs to put on some weight and get a little bit better. Uh, <laughs> followed yeah. up with another injury receiver, uh, John Mechie, the second. Third, I didn't put the maybe second. Third. You're right. Okay. Didn't put the letters here. Uh, so uh, another wide receiver out of Bama um, was supposed to be the wide receiver one for Bama this year. Uh, after Devonta Smith left, and that did not fucking happen. Um, because of that reason, he falls to the second for me, even if he didn't get hurt. Um, I think me and Christian both thought it wouldn't be the worst idea if he returned to school this year, but he is coming out. I think he's going to be a day-two pick in the NFL. Uh, I think he's going to be a steal for that team, and I think he's going to be a steal in the second-round rookie drafts. He gets yeah. open, plain simple, but he has various levels to his game. I think he's a very consistent receiver, and I think he'd be a quarterback's favorite target. I think he's a really good wide receiver, too, at the next level. That's that's yeah, his ceiling, in my hey. opinion. But that's good here. And it's the third, by the way. I messed, I messed Is up. It th- I can't yeah. remember what I thought man. it was the second. There's a lot of Roman numerals in this class, as always. But he's always the um, one I mess. I can't remember which one it is. I know. Uh all right, I followed up Mechie with Khalil Shakir. We talked about him, wide receiver out of Boise State. Um, good route runner, consistent-ish hands. Uh, he had some bad drops, but it's okay. Uh, drops aren't the end-all, be-all. I think that he's going to get drafted on day two. Again, filling up the, the second round with wide receivers. I know I didn't do that all over the place here, but I think that's the good area to try to snag some value in this uh, rookie draft. Agreed. And then we finished it off. I took Jalen Weidermeyer, uh, tight end from Texas A&M. I was debating him or likely or uh, or Chad White. You know, there's a couple others. But for me, Weidermeyer is a little bit more of an all-around tight end than likely yeah. right now. So uh, while likely maybe a slightly better receiver, I think Weidermeyer probably get shot up because of that yeah i do want to quickly 
Shout out, we should have put Jeremy Ruckert on there as a riser as well, um, simply because I think people are going to look at his production and say, I'm out. I'm out on that. He didn't do anything in college, uh, but he came in freaking ripped. He looks like a bodybuilder, and he's a really good blocker. So that's a guy similar to Tommy Tremble, I think. Uh, that could get some day two capital and be meaningful. Yeah, I, I think people forget how how loved Rucker was coming into last year, where a lot of people, including us, thought he would come out, uh, yeah. especially with the quarterback change and controversy there as well. So we thought he would come out, especially with all their fucking receivers. But he stayed, and he played really well. Uh, he made a lot of great contested catches. He gets open. He is a, a fighter as a blocker. Uh, he's very, very good. Um, he was arguably the tight end three for a lot of people last year. Uh, and I think that's fair with the fall of Brevin Jordan. We saw in the draft, uh, with, you know, some rightful upside towards our side down the end of the year, um, on the shit team he's on the Texans, but Rucker is going to get drafted. I would say at worst round four. Right now, for me, that might not be where his talent grade falls for me necessarily, but that's a tight end people want because he can, he's enough of a weapon that he could be a team's tight end one, but at worst, he's a grind it all tight end two for your team. Yeah. And I honestly don't even think there's a chance he's a day three guy. I think someone takes him uh, day but, two. Yeah. That's why I said at worst four because it's like, man, if he somehow falls to the fucking fourth. <laughs> Man, I could also, if he comes out and tests like an animal, I could see a team taking him in the first round, the back of the first. I wouldn't, I wouldn't personally. I don't think there's a tight end, in my opinion, that should go in the first round. I agree. Even, well, I may have a first on Trey when I'm done, McBride. But. Even if I end up with like a late first round grade on him, I still will be like, eh, second round. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> That's fair. All right, that'll do it for the rookie mock draft. Like we said, only two rounds. I'm sure there will be a point where we do four or five rounds uh, down the stretch here. That might be a post-draft type of thing, though, just so yeah. um, but it can be super accurate. Quick shout-outs for it. There's some value at the quarterback position because there's no great ones, uh, but that also means they're probably not going to be there one and two for most rookie drafts for your leagues. Uh, there's not a lot of running backs we care about, so – if you need a running back, prioritize it correctly so and or trade your rookie picks for Gordon, Fournette, you know, all these guys that could get new opportunities or more chances or just trade them for starting running backs, plain and simple, uh, if you can, because I'm not sure you're going to love these running backs where you're going to have to take them in the rookie drafts. And there's so many receivers that are good. There's still a few, obviously, that I think are going to be round three receivers that are going to be good values um mm -hmm. and there's going to be another couple tight ends but after that yeah so <laughs> yeah 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 i agree with all of that i will say you know i think this running back class is deep but i also think that the what you're looking for in fantasy is not depth player you know like i I don't want Kyron Williams at the back of the first, and I don't want that because I don't know what the the role looks like. Same thing with a guy like Tyler Beatty, who I really like. I, I love Tyler Beatty. I think he's a really good player. 
he's also 200 pounds. And uh, while he was good in pass blocking and could find a third down roll, he's not a three down workhorse. There's a difference between where we're talking about these guys for the NFL versus where we talk about them for their fantasy upside. Yep. All right. That'll do it for this episode of the cut. Be sure to subscribe on the podcast if that's where you're listening to it. And if you're not, make sure you go do it anyway. Uh, we've got all of these episodes that get uploaded. Um, this week's Friday Fix episode, I believe we said we were going to do the Houston Texans. So yep. we'll stick to that. We might start jumping around here. I know we've gone in order for the first three, but uh, we'll, we'll be taking a look at the Houston Texans led by Lovey Smith. Uh, we'll go over geez. that in more detail. We sure will. Uh, I'll probably have a little bit of a rant on that one. That's pretty wild. It's fine. Um, it's fine. Yeah. And then next week, Randy, what do, do you have the schedule pulled up? By it's uh, our mock draft 2.0. Sweet. So we got a mock draft next week. So I'm excited for that. Yep. Oh, maybe I should wait to release my mock draft then and then just copy ours. <laughs> probably. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Uh, anything else to add, man? No, no. Let's just get to Friday. We can vent a little bit about the Texans. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it. For Randy Hall, I'm Christian Williams. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Later.